She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Waste Away Podcast. Today, we have an extra special Q&A episode for you, all about the topic of habits. So I'm just going to dive right in here. Uh, Chantel, our first question today is, how do you define the word habit? You know, I I will tell you a funny story. <laughs> My friend... We and I went to go to a makeup place, and I had shown her this lip liner that I wanted. And I said, "Hey, I need this lip liner." She said, "Oh, we don't carry that brand. That's Mac, and we don't carry that." She said, "But let me find you something that's similar." And she kept so she she drew on her hand this lip liner, and then she kept putting a different one, you know, to try to find it. And she goes, "Oh my gosh, I found the best one that matches you." She said, "The name of it is called Uptight." And I said, oh my gosh, I said, please don't tell my husband that that's the lip liner that is my perfect match because he would literally say that about me because he always says, he's like, just why, you know, you are so dialed into your habits. Can we please, like, can you not be uptight? Like, can you just like live a little and splurge and do this? And so in my mind, one of the words that I think probably because of my husband says that I'm uptight, but it kind of is the word that kind of matches habits, but it really, to me, is the way that I can get the most accomplished in my life. Like people say to me all the time, they're just like, I don't understand how you do everything that you do. And my answer is, it's the habits that I've created and the systems that I've put in place that have allowed me to do all of the things that I do get accomplished in a day. So I kind of put habits and systems kind of one in the other. And I think that that's kind of how I would describe it. So our next question today is, how do you find your motivation? I will give you one of the habits that I do, and I'll give you the reason and the motivation that came behind it. So one of the things that I do is I pretty much go to bed at the same time, and I wake up at the same time every day. So for me, like if I want to be healthy and if anyone wants to be healthy, we need to sleep well. And so that is really big on having a consistent schedule. And it starts by waking up the same time and going to bed the same time. And our circadian rhythm thrives on consistency. Like our hormone, our body has hormones set to release at certain times. We have functions that go. And so, you know, waking up and going to bed, I go to bed pretty much at nine o'clock at night, every night. And then at five o'clock, I wake up uh, every on during the week. And then on the weekends, I usually sleep until about 7 a.m. on the weekends. So I'll get extra sleep, but I'm still going to bed around maybe 9.30 at the latest. Sometimes like if I'm really being wild, I'll go to sleep at around 10. But most every night, I'm going to bed between 9 and 9.30 
every single night. And so what brought that motivation for me is I know that if I don't do that, I am a complete bear. Like I'm just not, I'm cranky. I just can't function the next day. Everything gets on my nerves. I'm just not in a good mood. And so I've made, that's one of the decisions that I've made that I've said, this works for me. I know that if I get that amount of sleep, I know that if I go to sleep at nine, I wake up at five or six every morning, I am in a great place and everyone else around me is happier. Hey guys, I really want you to join our Intermittent Fasting and OMAD Facebook group. We're doing tons of giveaways right now for posting your before and after pictures and just for posting a question in there. We're giving away free protein shakes, some digest aid, all kinds of fun stuff. So please join our Intermittent Fasting and OMAD Facebook group. The link is in the show notes. So how hard is it to always go to bed at nine o'clock? For me, when you, people always say to me, you know, I don't understand how you can go to bed at nine o'clock. Like I'm not even tired at nine o'clock. So how do you even get your body to go to sleep at nine? And what I say is like, I can barely keep my eyes open at nine o'clock. And the reason is because I'm up at 5 a.m. So if you're up at 5 a.m., then by nine o'clock, you will be able, you're just so tired. Like I can't really keep my eyes open. So for me, it's just, I've trained my body. It's nine o'clock. I mean, I close my eyes and I'm asleep. And my body this morning, I, my alarm did not go off and I didn't, I mean, my alarm just, it was like, I think I'd set my alarm for 5.20 this morning. I was going to sleep a little bit later. But at 5 a.m., it was 4.59. I woke up and I was like ready to go. And I looked at my alarm and I was like, wow, I woke up. And, and so I decided to just wake up right at, you know, 4.59. So my body has been trained. So it is so easy for me to, it's nine to five. Go to bed at nine. I wake up at five. So just out of curiosity, what other daily habits do you do? One of the things that I like to do is to walk 10,000 steps per day. So I do have an aura ring. I also have another watch that tracks how many steps that I do. And we all know that we sit way too much. And we weren't made to sit at desks all day and then sit in our cars, you know, all day and then sit on our couches for the rest of the evening. Like we were evolved to move, like we're supposed to move and we're supposed to lift things and walk for time. And, you know, the thing is, is that if we want to be healthy, we have to move more. And so I'm kind of, I try to be a little obsessive about, okay, am I moving 10,000 steps per day? And really, I try to walk you know, around three and a half miles per day. It's been so brutally cold here. And so it's been harder for me to walk, but I still do it. Yesterday, one of the nice things is I work in a town center area. And so we go out to a different place for lunch all the time. And every one of the restaurants are about 0.8 miles to 1.5 miles away. So we walk to lunch every day. So that gives me one and a half miles there and then one and a half miles back 
back. So that gives me around three miles a day. Then I also love to walk with friends in the afternoon, and we usually walk like three and a half miles. So that's kind of my big thing is if I can literally go, how can I get to wherever I need to get to? So like if I need something from the drugstore, the nice thing is like, I'm not going to go in the car. I'm going to go walk to go there from my office. Uh, So for me, those 10,000 steps are really a big deal. And trying to walk at least three and a half miles per day with a friend outside is probably one of my favorite things to do. Hey guys, I'd love for you guys to listen to a podcast that we did about the side effects from wine and the differences between natural wine and traditional wine. So go to ChantelRayway.com slash wine and you'll see transcripts, you'll see some different episodes, but here's the thing. You can get your penny bottle now of dry farm wines and make the decision that if you're going to have wine to make sure you have the most natural, healthy wine in the world with no added only natural ingredients. All the other wines out there have so much sulfate, so much sugar. Why put that poison in your body? So get your penny bottle now at ChantelRayWay.com slash wine. So were you always a walker? Probably in the last like four years. And I realized that if I don't, those three and a half miles that I walk, if I do not walk three and a half miles a day, for five days a week, six days a week, I will be about five to seven pounds heavier. So it literally is about five to seven pounds on the scale. Like if if one week, like it's extraordinarily cold or if I'm sick or who knows what the reason is that I'm not doing it, one week of me not doing it, I'll be about five pounds heavier. So our next question is how often do you work out? I'm just not as peppy and I'm not as happy if I'm not getting the workout that I need. I work out, for me, I work out five to six days a week. So I will kind of go with you and tell you what my daily routine is from the time that I wake up. So as soon as I wake up, I wake up around 5 a.m. and then I do a, it's a, it's called the, now I can't remember, the version Bible app. So there's like a plan that I do on there. I wake up, I do that. And then I usually do get on Facebook for about 10 minutes in the morning. It's just a habit that I've gotten into and I haven't broken it because I just like to spend about 20 minutes in bed before getting up. So I'll do like a 10 minute version app. Then I do like maybe five to 10 minutes on Facebook, which I can get rid of that, but it is is truly what I do. And then I then get up and start my day. I immediately turn on a podcast. So I turn on some kind of sermon that I put on and I listen to that sermon from about 5.30 until when I'm at the gym, I keep my headphones on. So sometimes I have a personal trainer and sometimes I just work out with like a group. So if I'm with the group, I put the headphones on and I continue to listen to the sermon. And so every single day I'm listening to at least two sermons on podcast, and then I'm listening to another two podcasts on leadership, on how to grow my leadership. Every morning when I come back, I have 
written on my mirror. I have four sayings that I say to myself every day. I say, I develop leaders. It's not something I do. It's who I am. God, help me to be the very best that I can be every day. I give 110% every day. God, show me how I can be a blessing in someone else's life and show me how I can grow other people closer to you and grow myself closer to you. So I say that every single day. I Those four things, it just kind of gets my day going and kind of reminds me of what my day is. I never have been like a big affirmations person, but I just felt like four things is not a lot of things. And I just have it literally written on my mirror. So it reminds me to say those four things every single day. And then I get up, I take a shower, and I do have um, a girl at the house that does my hair, like blow dries my hair for me, because that to me is a waste of time. So I can like do other things while she's blow drying my hair. And then I kind of get my son ready for for school and get him out the door. Sometimes I take him to school. Sometimes my, my, my husband takes him to school. And then we do a, my son has Bible verses that he has memorized since he was a baby. So he has over 200 Bible verses memorized. So that morning um, in the car, we will go over a new Bible verse and kind of review some of the old Bible verses that we have. And then Every single morning, my son does his whole routine. So he does a routine where he has 100 sit up, 100 push-ups, 50, 50 sit-ups. Um, he does four Bible stories, and then he memorizes 15 Bible verses. So that's his morning routine. So I help him with his morning routine. And then I go into work. And then we all have a nighttime routine where every single night, me and my son snuggle in bed and we watch a 20-minute sermon on the big screen. We project it onto the Apple TV and we listen to a sermon 20 minutes a night and um, we kind of discuss it, like, what did you get out of it? So those are some of the things that it's kind of like a daily routine that I kind of have and I do it. I'm so excessively um, systematic with it. And the the other thing that I do is I have it where I um, do the cryotherapy. So I'm obsessed right now with red light therapy and cryotherapy. And so I do that about four to five times a week. I got a membership to restore cryotherapy. It's like $299 for the month, but I can go unlimited as much as I want. And so I go at least five times a week and I get in the red light therapy. I stand there. I then listen to a sermon or I'm talking on the phone to make the time go by faster. And then I go into the cryotherapy for three minutes and I do that at least five times a week. And could you explain for the people who might not know, what exactly is cryotherapy and red light therapy? Some of the benefits of cryotherapy is, well, first of all, what cryotherapy is, it's basically the use of extreme cold to freeze and remove abnormal tissue. So doctors use it to treat like skin conditions. They use it to basically, if you think about what happens when you're going in there. Like 
think about icing your entire body. So for me, the the biggest benefit is that I kind of feel like if I was getting into a an ice bath, right? That would be really good because it it number one, it optimizes your sleep. It kind of reduces any pain and sw- swelling. And it just kind of increases your your mood and and stuff like that. So if you think about if you literally like if so for me I have chronic knee issues, and for a little while I was having a lot of back issues. And so sometimes I do the local cryotherapy on my knee, and what that is they literally take this machine and put it right around your knee, so it targets kind of that pain, swelling, and soreness. And it's sub-zero temperatures. And what it's supposed to do is kind of like speed up recovery time and stuff like that. But it also burns calories. So it's supposed to burn like 500 calories a day. I don't know if it does or not. I didn't, I don't feel like I'm like losing weight by doing it, but it kind of in the back of my mind, I'm like, all right, well, I'm also kind of burning some calories while I'm doing it. But it, it gets down to, um, and, and I stay in for the full three minutes, but you're getting into sub-zero temperatures to, get your body so, so, so cold. And I love it. I feel like a new person after I do it. I don't know about you, but there's something really special about having a group that you can connect with, a group you can grow with, and a group that you can learn from. And that's why we created Connect in 40. It's essentially an online discussion platform where we bring in a powerful sermon and then also just talking about what we learned and how we can apply it to our own lives. And how everyone is is growing together. And so you can join us for free on Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock, 4 p.m. Um, Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, where we're going to essentially connect online for about 40 minutes, um, go through a sermon, um, and then have group discussion about how we can apply that to our life. It's really powerful and is a great way for you to connect with other believers if you don't have that community where you are. So join us for Connect in 40. You can join us for free. Just go to connectin40.com. So our next question is, what are some of the top habits you've learned? One of the things that I did was, I think I listened to a podcast and it was talking about how people who were very successful, people who were kind of self-made millionaires, they all, if you kind of took them all into a room, there were a few things that, you know, 90% or more of those people did. And number one, they got up early. And so if you look at those people, you know, the study that I, they were talking about on the podcast was that most of these people were getting up at five o'clock in the morning to kind of get themselves going. They felt like they could accomplish more, you know, in the morning time, the amount that you can accomplish for most people you know, you're fresh, you're you're going, and that they were able to tackle things and give you a sense of confidence that you needed. So that was number one, that they got up early. Number two, they read a lot. And I really don't enjoy reading. I'm not a big reader. And I, I do it. And I, I actually force myself to read about 20 minutes a day, sometimes 15 minutes a day. A lot of times it's a devotional that I do. Uh, that's another thing I did put in there that that I add in. 
and I'll sit and do a devotional and kind of get quiet and do that for about 20 minutes. But they read a lot. Leaders are readers. And so I force myself to either listen to it on audio or or read something. Another thing that the podcast talked about is that they spent about 15 to 30 minutes on focus thinking, like getting themselves in some kind of isolation for about 15 minutes and kind of getting your thoughts together, writing some of them down and kind of thinking about what you want to do and kind of get yourself together in that way. They also made exercise a priority. Like they made it where they were regularly working out five to six days a week. All these people who were leaders that were were successful, that's what they did. And then another thing they did was spend time with people who inspire them. And the people that they hung out with, they were getting rid of people who were toxic in their life. They were just limiting those people. And they were literally spending their time with people who were successful. And they were really, really particular. Like just because someone asked them to do something, they weren't necessarily saying, yes, I want to do that. I want to make sure that the person that I'm spending time with is going to uplift me. I'm going, I have the same goals as them. They have the ability to stay motivated, stay positive. And um, another one was getting enough sleep. Like they wanted to make sure that they're getting anywhere from eight Uh, to 10 hours of sleep. And so, you know, everyone knows that you function best when you're well rested. And so, you know, it was funny that they were saying that 90% of these self-made millionaires were sleeping seven to eight hours or more a night. And so sleep is just critical to your memory function, to your creative thinking, and it's critical to success. And so that's something that has been... um, you know, really important to me. And another one was that they had multiple incomes. Like they basically didn't rely on like a single source of income. They kind of created a couple different multiple streams so that they kind of were diversified in a in a way that if there was an economic downturn, you know, that they would have something to kind of fall back on. And um, another one was that they just kind of stayed away from people who kind of sucked and zapped their time. And, you know, for me, uh, and that they were really good at time management and figuring out a way to be, to being able to say no to things that weren't their highest and best use. And so for me, one of the things that I do is my time, I constantly remind myself that my time is my most valuable asset. And I do not waste time on things that I don't have to. So like a dumb example is like, I I always use Instacart. Like I don't go to the grocery store very often. Every once in a while, I like to kind of look around and it's fun. And and the only time I do it is with me and my son because we kind of think it's fun to do that together. So it's not really like a chore that I'm doing. It's quality time that I'm spending with him and stuff like that. So if I'm going to do it, I'm not really going by myself. I'm going to go with him and we'll kind of be like, oh, let's look at that or something new. But for my regular groceries, I'm always using Instacart and it's already knows everything that we kind 
kind of get. And it's like, boom, boom, boom. You know, three minutes later, I've now saved an hour at the grocery store. So that's really a big deal for me to go, yeah, I'm paying more. I'm paying a delivery fee. The price of the groceries are way higher. Um, you know, I'm definitely probably spending a good 20 to $25 more on doing Instacart. But that one hour of my time, my time is worth way more than $20, $25 an hour. So constantly finding a ways for myself to have to constantly go, how do I save my time? And okay, if it costs a little bit of money, who cares? Here's another good question. What is one of your best time-saving tips? One of my best tips for time-saving is I am a multitasker. And so for me, I'll tell you one thing that I do that is probably illegal and I probably shouldn't be doing, but I put my makeup on in the car. So inevitably, I am going to be at the stoplight, um, you know, for at least two minutes every time I'm at the stoplight. And so for me, I'm like, I try to put my makeup on in the car the whole time. I know how to do it pretty well. And so I literally, I know I'm going to be at the stoplight about... I don't know, five times during on my way to work. So it's kind of like, okay, two minutes times five. That's how I get my makeup on. So that is one thing that I do. Another thing that I do is, you know, people say, oh, I can't listen to all. How do you listen to four podcasts per day? Well, for me, I'm listening to a podcast if I'm cooking dinner or if I'm putting on my makeup or if I'm in the car or if I'm at the gym, like wherever I am, I'm constantly, you don't realize how much downtime that you have. During that time, I'm constantly putting on those podcasts. So if there isn't a person, if someone said to me, I don't have time to listen to four podcasts in a day, I would say baloney. I would say absolutely you do because there's no reason why you you have things that you're doing that you can just put it on. If some, if you can't, then put it on headphones. Um, I do also get a massage. I, I get a massage about, embarrassingly, probably four times a week, sometimes five, and to be honest, sometimes seven days a week. And I know that that's a bit obnoxious. That is, you know, some people drink, some people go to yoga. Some people do all kinds of things. For me, I get a massage. It's my, that's like my alcohol. That is my thing that I love to do. And I don't feel bad about it. I work extremely hard. I don't feel bad about getting as many massages as I do. But I would say on average, I probably get three to four massages a week. And even when I'm sad, like I, if I'm sad, sometimes I'll go get a massage. It's, it really like turns myself around in so many ways. And so a lot of people will do destructive things. Like they'll go out, like I, the place I go, I go to this towel foot massage and I think it's like $35, $40 for a massage. So I'm like, okay, well, other people might go out to eat and another person might go and they'll go out to the bar with their friends. Well, you're going to spend $40 on going to get drinks and stuff like that. So it's like, okay, 
I'm doing something that's good for my body. It transforms me. And so I don't feel too guilty about it. One more thing that I do, and I I like to do it more than I actually am doing. I probably do this about three times a week, and I do it when I'm with a friend because for whatever reason, I haven't trained my body to do it by myself. And so one of the things I love to do is when I go for walks with my friends, after we go for a walk we go in, I have an infrared sauna on my third floor. And so we go up there and do the infrared sauna and just sweating out all of the toxins that are built up. And it's just, I really wish I could do it five to seven times a week. That's one thing that if I could choose to do, I would do it way more than I'm currently doing. Right now, I would say three times a week. But the detoxification and the benefits of an infrared sauna is just unbelievable. It gives you blood circulation. It stimulates your sweat glands. It releases built-up toxins in your body. And so for me, that's one habit that I wish I could do seven days a week. And I have to just remind myself, it releases heavy metals like lead, mercury, nickel. And it also helps with like muscle aches, arthritis. I have some a lot of joint pain in my knee. It really helps with relieving inflammation and stiffness and soreness by increasing blood circulation. And so that is another big thing for me. And so currently I'm doing the sauna about three days a week. My goal is to get myself to doing it seven days a week. And there's another thing that I'm doing three days a week. And it is, it, I, we call it the jiggle machine. <laughs> <laughs> and um, because you literally, um, it's, it's really a vibration plate. Um, or a vibration machine, either way that you want to call it, but my son calls it the jiggle machine. And it basically, you stand on it and it's a whole body vibration for your entire body. And it also burns a lot of calories as well. Um, but the biggest thing that I, and I don't know if it's 100% that this does it, or not, but I've read that it really helps with parasites because of the vibration of it and helps kill some of the, the parasites in your body. And we all have parasites, but that's an issue that I have struggled with before. Um, but it, I feel like a million bucks when I, when I do it, but it basically just goes through. And during the whole vibration therapy, you basically, your entire muscle is just shaking every one of the muscles in your body. And it also helps with reduced joint pain and it kind of boosts your metabolism and stuff like that. Um, but I love doing it. And my goal is to get myself up to seven days a week on that. All right. And do you have any final tips for us today? So one thing that I will leave you with is that one of my friends called me and he said to me, he's like, I'm just so down. He's like, I don't know if it's the cold weather. I don't know what it is, 
But he's like, I just feel like I've got like the winter blues and I just am so down. And my thing for that is, you know, I also listen to a lot of like Tony Robbins podcasts and some positive podcasts. And that as soon as I start feeling kind of down in any way, I immediately do two things. I start listening to these positive podcasts. Um, and if you go look for one, there's like positive mindset ones. There's Paul McKenna, I think, has one. But they're they're really about getting into the mind of, of changing yourself into gratitude. And the other one is I immediately start reading the Bible because it's the only thing that will turn me around as far as doing like a Bible devotional of being sad. Because he, he asked me, he's like, you know, I was thinking about getting on some kind of antidepressant because I've been kind of so sad. And I would love to tell you the story. I'm not a depressed person. I have never had struggles with depression. Um, but one time in my life, it was my senior year of college. And I was so depressed because I'm a math major. And I was like, once you get into being a math major, it is like beyond, beyond. Like I did calculus, easy. I did this math, easy. All this stuff is like, I mean, I could be gone for a week. I'd come back, take the test and get an A. Like I, math just is very easy to me. But your fourth year of college math, you start doing, it's, you don't even do numbers anymore. It just gets so weird and wonky. And I got to the point where I was thinking to myself, I can't do this. And now here, I'm not gonna graduate because this is just too difficult for me. Now I've gone through three, years of school and oh my gosh, this is so hard. And so I got myself into a depression and I, for one time in my life, took antidepressants. And then I got to the point when I took those antidepressants for a few weeks, I got even more depressed. I literally was thinking about committing suicide. That's how sad I got. And so I really prayed about it. I talked to my pastor and he was like, get off the antidepressants. I got off of them. I started really spending time in prayer and, and Bible study. And then I stopped doing that. Um, and so for me, I'm just a very anti, I'm an anti-antidepressant person because that's the only experience I've personally had. And I was just so sad. So for me, that is really the key is connecting. I, I created this thing actually called connectin40.com. And it's for anyone around the country, but um connecting with other people and is really, really important. And so, you know, we have people on there from all over the country. What we do is we get on for about five minutes, tell people how the week is. And then what we do is um, listen to like a short 10 to 15 minute sermon of like really great guys like Craig Rochelle, um, you know, <clears throat> maybe a uh, Tony Evans, all kinds of really, Rick Warren, really great speakers. And then we discuss what we got out of it. And then we kind of talk about, you know, any prayer request or anything like that. So it's like a virtual small group of people that get together for 40 minutes every week. It's on Tuesday nights. And being connected with people 
is really, really important. So if you're not in a small group, anyone can join it. It's called connectin40.com. I'd love for you to join us. But that when you isolate by yourself and you're not surrounded with people, it's really hard to get yourself out of any kind of funk that you're in. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.